we'll coach a lot of firsts last week, your first game, your first home game, but a lot of first home games for some of these kids who have, yes, been in the program, but have not seen the glare of the Friday night lights. And, you know, when it's here, as the kids would say, extra, your assessment of how they were able to handle those nerves, handle those butterflies, and then ultimately find their groove and compete as the game went on. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it all week long, and we talked about adversity. Uh, we, we knew it was going to happen at some point in time in the game. It usually does against a quality opponent. Coming into the season, Rich Point is, you know, by all accounts of the people counting in Houston area, say they're the third best team in Houston behind North Shore and Katy. So uh, I would say that's true when it comes to their physical abilities, their physical makeup. They were a talented football team. They were coached very well. They were physical on offense and physical on defense. There was no doubt our kids had a challenge. Obviously, we didn't start the way we'd like to. Then you look up, obviously, we're down 7 to nothing. The thing that uh, brings me so much pride and, obviously, comfort is knowing how our kids and coaches responded. Uh, there wasn't anybody on the sideline, you know, freaking out. There wasn't any finger-pointing going on. It was just, who's next? Who's going on the field next? Let's do your job. Let's get the ball back to the offense, defense. Let's go score offense. Let's go make sure we make some plays in special teams and execute for the rest of the game. And once we settled down, I think uh, that Will Maggot's pick, obviously, was big to get us back into the football game. Set up the offense there, first and goal from inside the 10. The kids settled down and, and played a much cleaner game going forward. You know, Coach, one of the things that you mentioned is overcoming the adversity, but also overcoming injuries, that, and you use next man up in that context as well. And I think also the reality of football, especially in 6A and especially here at Westlake, injuries are going to happen. The idea that injuries happen in a way that you are able to overcome is probably more impressive. It's something that everybody eventually – will have to deal with what's the message to the kids when you when you face those types of physical adversities that are beyond your control it's nothing different than what we talk about we prep these kids for this situations uh, of injuries to happen in the season and we pride ourselves on having a deep football team um, we've always had a good quarterback room because I, I don't know that our eight years we've been here we've never had a quarterback start every single game we've always had quarterbacks go down for some whatever reason illness sickness there's been another guy had to step up you look at that all of our position groups that's what we're trying to get and we're trying to build a football team that one or two injuries here or there don't affect us that's the message as we start building our team in fall camp we have a football team that's why they're backups that's why they're twos that's why they're threes we don't just practice the starting 11 on offense defense and special teams we practice you know ones twos and threes and for that opportunity to give those guys those reps and those chances to obviously develop but to be ready for when their time is called and when situations come up you know they're ready for it they've had that experience in the game and practice now it's just their turn to go out there and hopefully keep it to the standard that we we hope for for our starters performance without the football we can talk all day about the rushing totals the number of touchdowns and what Jack Kaiser brings to the program and the effectiveness of Nate Acosta but really what it comes down to and I think you said this after the game is the performance of the offensive line off the charts I mean there's expectations and then there's just blasting through those expectations I don't think anybody's had north of 70 points in in production based on how you guys grade out offensive linemen that's exactly what TJ Shanahan had and you look at the collective that's where the game was won no doubt that has to be the our calling card every single week we talk about it uh, we have to be consistent and try to obviously establish our dominance on either side of the ball on, on the line of scrimmage. Um, our offensive line did a great job last week of just leaning on the opponent. You can see as the game went on, they started to you know bend over with their hands on their hips and they started to stand up tall and, and tilt their heads back because they were getting tired and getting worn out. And that's a, a testament to our O-line because our guys weren't doing that. They were sure tired, I can promise you that. 
but their body language, their demeanor, it didn't reflect what the opponent showed or what our offensive line made the opponent show. They came in there with a good game plan, knowing that we had to be successful running the football to start, and they picked right up where they left off, and so did Jack. Outstanding job running with the ball. So many times he didn't get tackled by the first guy, and that's who he is, and that's why he's special. Um, we're going to continue to uh, see if we can't ride that, uh, that Jack Kaiser train for a while. One of the other production points that came up during 3 and Out Club on Tuesday, your number one, your big dog, your Notre Dame commit, had two catches but still had an insane amount of production points. And I think that's really what people need to be reminded of because I think, you know, we forget sometimes mm-hmm. as fans, as people that care, and obviously as people on the outside looking in say, well, he only had two catches. And Keaton Quebecca put it so perfectly last week in his Shap of the Week interview. I caught a touchdown pass but missed a block the play before. After I scored the touchdown two plays later, I walked right over to Jaden. I said, dude, my bad on that block. To me, he thought more about the assignment he missed rather than the touchdown he caught. That, from one of your seniors, was one of those moments where I went, this is something different that doesn't happen everywhere else. That's the mentality. That's the culture here is those guys understanding that we're going to take whatever the defense gives us. And if it's a light box, we're going to run the ball. If it's they're packed down in there, we're going to throw the ball outside. And sometimes, you know, the receivers are getting eight or ten catches a game, and sometimes they're getting two or three. Obviously, we try to spread the ball out, and our offense philosophy is to spread the field and make them defend the whole field. And sometimes that happens like we want it to, and sometimes it's a game where we need to run the football. Last week was a game where, obviously, we were having success running the football, and what you see from our receivers is that they're not pointing at the you know the offensive coordinator saying, throw me the ball. They're not yelling at the quarterback saying, throw me an accurate ball. They are just getting back to the line of scrimmage, getting a signal from the sideline, and going and playing when that, when that football snapped. And Whatever, if there's three or four receivers on the field at a time, watch them the next time we play. And if you're a fan at home, watch those guys. Watch them on a run play. Watch them on a, a screen pass strut sideways. Watch those receivers work. It's impressive. Um, it shows that they care about their teammates, obviously. That's what it is. They're not doing it for me. They're not doing it for mom and dad. They're doing it for their teammates. Um, and so when you have a group of young men that can all uh, have that mindset, the, the selflessness it takes to be successful, um, then you got something brewing. And I think uh, we, we've got a little something brewing with this football team. Obviously, we're not uh, a finished product by any means, and we're going to try to keep get better every single week. You flip it to the defensive side of the ball. All the guys that are supposed to play well, played well. The Byers Petties, the Colton Vosicks. There's a couple of guys that really stood out, Brett Mays being one of them. And then all of a sudden, here comes Elliot Shaper. You have some opportunities to get some guys who don't have a whole lot of playing experience. This guy can do it just as good as this guy watch this and I feel like that's more of a confidence thing than anything else sure I mean anytime they have success on the field you know they gain confidence for the next time they go out there and play the two guys you mentioned I think are prime examples of that Elliot Shopper is a sophomore and yeah he's a puppy he has no not very much game experience at least varsity experience but what we've seen in practice is a is a guy that's willing to go be physical and a great tackler uh, obviously he has a fantastic physical skill set that's going to help him in those in those aspects but he's doing everything we ask you know he's, he's a quiet guy but uh the way he's playing on the field you know makes it feel like maybe he's older than he is Mays, like you said the, the motor doesn't stop and it's not necessarily anything more than that the effort is just uh it's phenomenal half of the plays he made were just extraordinary effort plays we're run nowhere close to him we're thrown nowhere close to him but he's just running his tail off as fast as he can the football making good things happen and then obviously he made a big play in special teams and blocked a punt there in the third quarter. That was really kind of the backbreaker, I think, that kind of got us up by three scores. And, and then after that, uh, we were able to kind of coast on in and finish that fourth quarter. We flip it to Judson, no rest for the weary, because their culture is changing and changing with every moment. And you talked about Mark Soto and what he was able to do bringing back the, quote, tradition. And it's a unique story because 
I think everybody thought that Coach Soto was going to get the job the first time around. Then he didn't. Got passed over. Whatever that situation is, to me, that is a picture that you can paint for your kids of where this team is going, not where they've been. Is that the message? And and have you been able to use that to your advantage? I mean, every week we're going to respect our opponent. Obviously, you try to find as a coach um, the angle at which you want to present that to your your kids. Obviously, the angle that I'm I'm shooting for this week is to make sure our kids understand the tradition-rich program that Judson Rockins are. They've won state championships at Judson High School. They've played in state championships at Judson High School. They've played deep into the playoffs at Judson High School. That's the expectation. Coach Soto's bringing that back to those guys. Um, You can see they have talent. In the scrimmage tape, we saw a more well-executed offense. you know, than, than they were last year. Um, on defense, they're calling cards. They're a 3-4 defense, and they run to the football. Um, that's who they are. They're going to have some talented defensive linemen. They're going to have talented, you know, cornerbacks and safeties because uh, that's what they have at Judson. they got 4 by one and 4 by 200 meter runners out there that are playing secondary and playing receiver, and they're talented with their speed and their athleticism, And but, you know, our calling card's always been just to, to be more physical no matter what the speed level was of our opponent and we continue to do that. I think we're going to find some success. Well, I think on the defensive side of the ball, you look at Johnny Bowens, which is not a hard man to look at at 6'4", 260. And then you look at Miles Davis, a guy that knows what he's doing on the outside as well. Guys that can make plays. This is the coach's job during the week to make sure we have a good game plan. We get our kids in the right places at the right times. Um, then, obviously, when the lights come on, it's, it's up to our kids to be able to transfer that game plan onto the field and, obviously, make the play when it presents itself. 46-43, to 43, but up 27-7 to 7 at the break. And I think you look at a team that could have just let that game slip away but didn't. What does that do for your preparation? How do you see it from your perspective on how you, you tell the kids, guys, look, these guys aren't going away. That motivation is there. Absolutely. It's easy to show. I mean, it's easy to, it validates all things we're saying. Cosoto's there. He's an alumni. He's played for the for you know the Diamond J. He understands what it takes to be a championship program. And now for them to have success and to win that first football game out of the gate, that's only going to foster into obviously their confidence as a football team, their confidence as a coaching staff, their belief as a community, and what Coach Soto is bringing to their program. I've made our kids clearly aware of that. They know we're going to be you know going into a hornet's nest on Friday night. No matter where we go, but obviously this week is a little bit different when you're talking about a tradition-rich program, like I'm saying, like Judson. There's going to be a lot of red red in the stands. There's going to be a lot of rocket pride up there. And, uh, you know, I hope that uh, the red, white, and blue can show up and support the Chaparrales because we're going to need it. Look at quarterback, and obviously they are working on a strategy where there is two quarterbacks that could play at any time. Jaden Castillo along with Andres Villagran. Those are two guys that play quarterback at a completely different pace. And I think also you look at what type of challenge that brings to your preparation. But you've said it before. We played teams with two quarterbacks before. They themselves are kind of polar opposites. You have one, Villagran is the lefty, throws the ball very well. You know, he's going to get tempo offense. You can see he knows how to orchestrate a tempo offense and get the ball spit out to the receivers in a fast manner. The ball gets out of his hands. He doesn't take very many sacks. And then you flip it over to, you know, number 17. Uh, that guy's going to come in and play quarterback. He's also starting that receiver at, at different times, too. And so he's a tremendous athlete. All the while, he can throw the football. And so that, that part is kind of scary because, you know, sometimes when you play somebody like 17, it's sometimes the worst thing you can do is cover the receivers because that means he's going to pull it down and run. There's got to be a fine balance of our pass rush uh, to make sure we contain him as a, as a runner. Um, we got to make sure, obviously, we, we keep uh, the receivers in front of us. You know, they're a home run waiting to happen every time they drop back for a five-step pass and throw it down the field. 
They've got speed outside on both sides of their receiving core, and both those two quarterbacks bring different dynamics to the game. We've tried to make our kids aware of what each of their strengths are and what maybe their weaknesses are. Um, but then we're also going to have to make plays, and plain and simple. I mean, we're going to have to tackle 17 in space. We're going to have to be in good position to make a play on an accurate ball from number 16. Each one of them, uh, that's what makes them difficult to, to defend this week is a little bit of the unknown. We don't know which one we're going to get or how much of one we're going to get. Or maybe if we have a little luck against one, the other one's going to come in and not let you have too much luck against it. So we just got to be able to, to flip-flop in our brains and our mindsets about how we're going to attack each one um, and really clearly understand uh, which one's in the game and what dynamic he brings. Final thought, Coach. I know this meant a lot to you, and I know that you're not necessarily thinking about it right now as you prep for Friday. But take us back to that moment. Game's over. You have the team in front of you, and you've notched that first win as a head coach. What's going through your mind after you broke it out? One, two, three, family. Uh, just very proud, very proud of these coaches. I mean, back all the way back to January when all this transition happened between Coach Dodge and, and myself, and you know these these coaches have been behind me 110 percent the whole time through. Um, these kids as well, and obviously the grind of a fall camp of three weeks of you know heat and tiredness and soreness and injuries and all kinds of things that go into it, and um, you know for them to be successful out of the gate with the plan that obviously helped establish out there for for this season for this team made me proud that uh, to know that what we're doing is good, what we're doing is is right. The plan that we have in place, the blueprint we have in place here at Westlake is it still works as long as we put forth the effort both with coaches and players collectively and obviously have tremendous support from our, our parents and our, and our fan base. If everybody can get on the same page and, you know, and be going to the same tune, I think uh, this team could be pretty special. Coach, as always, thanks for the time and good luck. Thank you.